Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. We're going to start at Matthew chapter 6 tonight. Studying a very controversial doctrine. Many of the denominations in Christianity do not adhere to the doctrine of healing. And it's, it's funny, you know, that when you're well, it's easy to denounce it. But when you get sick, it's funny how people seek after it. Amen. But you know, as we've studied in the Word of God, and as, as we've seen in the Word of God, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As we begin to look last week at the source of sickness and disease, we see certainly it is not the Lord. God does not put sickness and disease on people. There's no way He would allow it. Sickness and disease came because of the fall. Sin is the reason for sickness and disease. The sin nature of mankind, the individual trespass of mankind. When mankind sinned and death entered into humanity, it brought all of its evil cousins with it, sickness and disease being one of it. And so we see that ever since man fell in the garden, he has suffered under the bondage of sickness and disease. Even humanity, now think about this for a moment, even humanity outside of Christianity rejects and fights sickness and disease. You ever notice that? Thank God for all of our hospitals. Thank God for all of our doctors. Thank God for all of the specialists. Thank God for all that they have found out about how to treat and how to cure and how to help people in their suffering. Amen? But remember this, Jesus is never, has not and has never been the great physician. He's the great healer. And if you can ever get a hold of the reality of the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know there's a lot of people that refute it, a lot of people have testimonies of, well, my grandma believed and she died and this one. Listen, never allow any doctrine in the Word of God to become null and void in your life because somebody was unable to prove its reality. Amen. Did you know there are people that have died and, died and gone to hell because they didn't get saved? And they had heard about salvation? Somebody had preached the gospel to them, they just rejected it. You know, any person on the planet could get saved. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anybody can get saved. It's a whosoever doctrine. And in the same way, whosoever can get healed. But here's the reality. Not everybody gets saved. I, I, I hate to say that. Not everybody gets saved. We want everybody to get saved. We're doing our best to try and make sure everybody is afforded the greatest opportunity to get saved. But in the same way, not everybody gets healed. You have to understand that it is information from the Word of God that allows you to receive your healing because it was only information from the Word of God that allowed you to receive your salvation. And remember, salvation is a package deal. Everybody say package deal. The Greek word sotos literally means healing, preservation, soundness, safety, and deliverance. And we've said this about many other doctrines that we believe in the Word of God. What good does it do to be healed when you get to heaven? There's no sickness and disease in heaven. You need healing right down here in the nasty now and now. Amen? So let's look here in the Scripture and in the Word of God. First of all, look there in Matthew chapter 6. Let me get over there real quick. Matthew chapter 6, what, what's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer... Jesus taught His disciples. Always remember this about revelation in the Word of God because there's a lot of people say, well, you know, you can just twist the Word of God to make it say anything you want it to. That's not really true. That's not really true. You cannot twist the Word of God to make it say anything you want it to. The Bible says that anybody that teaches or preaches the Word of God should study. Everybody say study. 
said workmen should study to show themselves approved, a rightly dividing. There is a right division of the Word of God. Now let me just say something right up front. No theological seminary can teach you the right division of the Word of God. No denomination can teach you the right division of the Word of God. Only the Holy Ghost rightly divides the Word of God. Remember, He is the teacher on the inside of you. And we've told you this for years and continue to teach you this. Never ever believe anything because I say it. Let me say that again. Never ever believe anything because I say it. The greater one is in you. He is the great teacher of the church. And He is the one that will give confirmation to what I teach. As I teach something and it agrees with your spirit, then you agree with that and you grab hold of that and you make it what you believe. You can't go around and say, well, I believe it because Pastor Rusty says it. You better believe it because God said it. Because if you just believe it because Pastor Rusty says it, it ain't going to do you a bit of good because I ain't got no power to back it up. But God's the one that has power to back it up. So when you believe it because He says it, now you've got a basis for faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known. The will of God and the Word of God are synonymous. If you can ever figure, figure out the will of God by the information of the Word of God, then faith will come to you. Faith for salvation. Faith for healing. Faith for prosperity. Faith for deliverance. Faith for your family. Faith for your business. Faith for your job or your profession. God will give you faith in whatever level that you need it for when you need supernatural intervention into your life. And when we're talking about healing, you know, I'm not up here teaching on nutrition or taking vitamins or going to a chiropractor. Because everybody, you know, if you talk to vitamin people, it's vitamins. You talk to chiropractors, well, you're, you know, your spine's out of line. Get your spine lined up, you'll be healed of everything, you know. You, you talk, no matter who you talk to, you talk to people that uh, you know, believe all, the, all these other treatments and cures and stuff like that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about supernatural healing. We're talking about the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ as manifested through His Word and by obedience to what Jesus has taught us. Now, we were blessed. Lee and I were really blessed uh, to fellowship a little bit with Dr. Oral Roberts. Now, I don't know if you know this. He's a very unique man. That is a very unique individual. And if you do not think he's had an impact on Christianity, I, I, I advise you, drive up to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and walk around Oral Roberts University campus. He had a great influence on Christianity. But his ministry took off and exploded during what was called the healing revival that took place 1948 through about 1972. Now, he personally told me this. He said, Rusty, I used to lay hands on over 10,000 people a day. He said, both of my shoulders have been replaced because I would sit in a chair and lay hands on over 10,000 people a day. But he said, during that time, it was just something about God that had released this provision of healing. There's many people that speculate why it was after World War II, right before Korea, during Vietnam, right in that era that all these great healings, people like Catherine Kuhlman, Oral Roberts, Jack Cole, there was many of them that operated in that ministry. But Oral Roberts said this, he said, just because healing waves come, it doesn't mean in between those healing waves there is not healing. He said, healing is available to anybody who's willing to walk in the power of God and appropriate it into their life to drive out sickness and disease. Let me say this, Healing is God's provision, but God's best is divine health. That's divine health. God wants you walking in divine health, but when sickness and disease attacks your body, then He wants you to understand there is a provision for you, and it's up to you whether you appropriate it or not. Now, notice the prayer here. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Remember what we said? Revelation is progressive, line upon line, precept upon precept. It says here, verse 7, But when you pray... 
Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. Now notice this. It says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now notice the verse 10 is what we're going to look at. Thy kingdom come. What have we been studying on Sunday morning? Restored dominion, power, and authority. That's this prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy dominion come. Thy power come. Thy authority come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, would you agree this is red letters in my Bible? Would you agree these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ? instructing his disciples at that time, in that season of time, in which Jesus walked on the earth to pray this, Thy will be done, Thy will be done, Thy will be done in earth as it is done in heaven. Now, most Christians, no matter what denomination they adhere to, most Christians will agree that God can heal. Let me say that again. Most Christians will agree that God can heal. But whether or not he does or does not heal, that's where we get into disagreement. Now, a lot of people are taught different theological seminaries, depending on what denomination you follow after. A lot of people are taught that, yeah, God can heal, but his healing, as far as the individual is concerned, is wrapped up in his sovereignty. Therefore, he may heal one, but he may not heal these 25. But he may heal these 10, but he might not heal these 200. You see what I'm saying? And so they kind of wrap up anything God may do when it comes to healing within the, the confines of what we call the doctrine of sovereignty or the doctrine of God's sovereignty. Now, let me ask you a question. Does God save like that? Now, see, if you understand God's willingness to save. It says in 1 Peter, He's not willing that who should perish, that any should perish, but that should all. So it is the will of God that how many get saved? How many? All get saved. And if it's the will of God that all get saved, and then Jesus tells us to pray, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, first of all, we have to understand what's the will of God for heaven. Now, think about it just a moment. In heaven. You think there are any wheelchair ramps? Pharmacies, hospitals, treatment centers, amen, ambulances. There's nothing in heaven that ministers to the human condition of sickness and disease. Now, somebody said one time when I was teaching on this, said, well, but wait a second, Pastor. There's nobody in heaven with a physical body. Yes, there is. Now, wait a second. There is somebody in heaven with a physical body. You say, who is that? Well, Actually, when you begin to think about it, there's several people in heaven with a physical body. One of them is named Enoch. Did you know the Bible says Enoch walked with God and was no more? He was translated. Did you know there was another one? His name was Elijah. The Bible says the chariot of God came, amen, and took him up. And when he did, Elijah received that mantle that came back down on him. And then we know Jesus also has a physical body. He said, I have a flesh and bone. His blood is upon the mercy seat of God. So we do know there is flesh and blood in the city of heaven itself. So we must understand that the will of God for heaven is healing and health. There are no sick people in heaven. Now, here's the understanding that we must have. 
is that if God wants us in heaven to be healed, then we pray that His will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Then we must understand it is the will of God on earth for people also to be healed. Now, as we said earlier, and I think this is important, why don't people get healed? Well, number one, the number one reason that people do not get healed is a lack of information. They do not have the information necessary to cause them to believe for their healing. Healing is a provision that is already laid up. God is not going to heal you. Let me say that again. God is not going to heal you. Remember last week we studied Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression. That's spiritual. He was bruised for our iniquity. That's spiritual. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. That's the soul realm, the mind, the emotions, the will. By his stripes we are healed. That's the physical body. So through redemption by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a provision, spirit, soul, and body. Let me say it again. Spirit, soul, and body. So right here, Jesus is showing us it is the sovereign will of God. Stay with me. It is the sovereign will of God that His will be done in heaven and that His will be done on earth. It is the sovereign will of God that His will be done on heaven, that His will be done on earth. So Jesus, as we studied a few weeks ago out of Hebrews chapter 1, is what? Is God speaking to us? Everything He said, everybody say said, and everything he did, everybody say did. Because what are the two components of truth? What you say and what you do compose or, or make up truth. Truth is made out of two components. What you say and what you do. What you say and what you do. What you say and what you do. Jesus walking on the earth three and a half years was God saying and doing, saying and doing, saying and doing, saying and doing, saying and doing. Aren't you glad it was? I said, aren't you glad it was? Now, right there, just turn the page. Turn the page just a second. Go to chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 1. It says, when he was come down, speaking of Jesus, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, Thou canst makest me clean. Let me read that in the Amplified. I think it, it, it helps us a little bit. It says, When Jesus came down from the mountain, great throngs followed him, and behold, a leper came to him, prostrating himself, worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to cleanse me by curing me. So there was no question in this leper whether God could or could not heal. Now let me say this again. There was no question in this leper. This, this leper wasn't coming to Jesus and saying, well, I don't know, man. Uh, uh, maybe you got the goods or maybe you don't. Why don't you try it out and see what you can do? He wasn't saying that. Obviously, he'd either heard or seen. He'd either heard a testimony of some be, somebody being healed or he had seen somebody being healed. But so the question was not the power of God. The question was not the ability of God. The question was the willingness of God. Let me say that again. The question was not the power of God. The question was not the ability of God. The question was the willingness of God. Now, now before we go there, let's go back to the availability uh, uh, question. Remember when we studied uh, redemption and we studied the, ab uh, the availability question where people would say this. Well, Rusty, you know, that's when Jesus walked on the earth. 
And there was an accessibility to him that we don't have today. You could walk up to him and touch him. You could sit in his meeting and you could hear him teach. He could physically lay his hands up on you. So it's really a question of accessibility because if Jesus walked into this building tonight, I'd be healed. No, you wouldn't. Because the same doubt that caused you to question his ability now, amen, will cause you to question his ability even if you walk into the room. Even if he walks into the room. So the accessibility. Remember what we said. This is so important. Jesus is not any less acceptable to us. Excuse me. Accessible to us. Let me say that again. Jesus is not any less acceptable to us because he is not physically here. Actually, he is more accessible to us than he was to those people when he, when he walked for three and a half years on the earth. You say, now how can you say that? Number one, when he walked on the earth, he walked as son of man. But when he rose from the dead and came out of the tomb and rose up and sat at the right hand of the Father and poured his blood on the mercy seat, he entered into another ministry as son of God. Amen. Now he's son of God. Now he's the great mediator. Now he's the great intercessor. Now his blood is on the mercy seat. Now he is the overseer of the covenant. Remember the give me deal? I know that's not good language, but we call it a, a, a lock, a give me. You know, if you got to go to court, you go to court, and there you stand. You're in the court. You've got your lawyer. You've got the, you've got the prosecutor. You've got your attorney. And then you look up on the bench. There's the judge. Everybody say the judge. So if you're in a court trial and you look and your attorney is your elder brother and you look on the, on the, on the bench and the judge is your father and in dispute is the will. There's a dispute about the will. So we're, we're trying to figure out our inheritance. Everybody say inheritance. So you've got your father on the bench. You've got your elder brother. You've got the Holy Ghost who is the legal counsel. Because he's the what? The advocate. And the devil's over here. He's the prosecutor, the accuser of the brethren. And saying, I got a right to hurt him. I got a right to make him sick. I got a right to do this and do that. And then here you are and you've got the will. You've got the will. You've got the New Testament. And you're saying, but wait a second. It says over here in 1 Peter 2.24, it says that himself bore my sicknesses. He took my sickness. He took my disease. By his stripes I was healed. Amen. So you are standing upon the inheritance you receive through salvation. The devil's jumping around and saying, you can't have an inheritance unless somebody dies. And your elder brother says, wait a minute. I died and came back as their legal counsel to make sure the judge are dead. Come on, folks. It's, it's a, everybody say a gimme. That's a gimme, amen? No, that's a gimme. That's, you got to understand that's exactly what happened through redemption. So here's, here's, here's this leper, and he's questioning the willingness, not the power, not the ability, but the willingness of God. It says, verse 3, And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I love this, I will be thou clean, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, right off the bat, people, you know, don't allow doubt and unbelief to question everything in the Word of God. 
I've always said, don't allow your intellect to challenge the Word. Let the Word challenge your intellect. Most people, instead of just accepting the Word of God for what it says, they allow the Word of God to create a what if, or a why, or what we say, a yeah, but. Amen? So here, don't let that happen. If it's the will of God to heal a leper 2,000 years ago, amen, it is the will of God to heal you today. You say, now how can you say that? Because the Word says, everybody say the Word. Because the Word says all of the promises of God are in Him, yea and amen, to the glory of God by us. So if you can find any promise in the Word of God, it belongs to you. It found its completion in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the yes. Jesus is the amen to the will of God in every situation. So He said, I will. I will, and He touched him. And immediately His leprosy left him. Jesus said unto him, See that thou tell no man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Remember, Jesus was still operating under that old covenant. But now notice this. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion. Now this is not, he's not Jewish. This ain't a Jewish guy here. This is, a guy, this is somebody outside the covenant. This is somebody that's, that's not in on the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This somebody is not in on the covenant of Moses. This, guy, this guy's not familiar with the covenants of God. So he's apart from it. He's estranged from it. He's not Jewish. He's not been to the synagogue. All he knows is this guy here is doing miracles. He's doing miracles. So here comes this centurion. This is a Roman soldier. Jesus was entered into Capernaum. There came to him a centurion beseeching him and saying unto him, my servant, saying unto him, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Now notice what Jesus said. Jesus said unto him, I will. This is your second I will in just a couple of verses. No, notice the willingness of Jesus to heal. Not just the Jewish folks. I will. Are you with me? I will come and heal him. But now notice this. This is unusual. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he goeth. To another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now here's this centurion. He hadn't been participating in the feast days. He hasn't been in on the sacrificial uh, uh, shedding of the blood of the lambs. He's not participated in any of the ordinances of Israel. But he recognizes that there is some compassion and some power in this man, Jesus. He does something about the hurting, sick people that comes across his path. Therefore, his faith was in him. His faith was in his healing power. Then Jesus said, listen, I'll come to your house. Come on, let's go. You've obviously got some faith. Come on, let's go. And this man said, no, I'm not worthy. He saw himself as unworthy. He said, I'm not worthy, but I understand authority. Now stay with me. I understand authority. I have men... I tell them, do this, they go do it. I tell them, do that, and they go do it. I tell my servant to do this, and he does it. All you need to do, Jesus, is speak your word. You know what he was saying? Your word has authority. 
Your word has authority over sickness. Your word has authority over disease. Your word has authority over the palsy of this individual. Now notice this about both the leper and the centurion. Neither one of them was Jesus looking to heal them. Come on, church. The majority of the healings of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus was not looking to heal them. They were looking to be healed. That kind of removes the element of sovereignty out of it. That means you can what? You can seek what belongs to you through salvation, which is healing. Seek it. Believe it. Confess on it. Stand on it. Speak to your body. Release the Word of God. The same authority that is in that Word that Jesus speaks will have the same effect on your body as it had on the centurion's servant's body if you understand the authority issue. He said, man, all I need is for you to speak the word. If you'll just speak the word, my servant will be healed. Well, we know the story. Jesus did and the servant was. But this is showing us right here that Jesus began his earthly ministry. Remember what it said in Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were afflicted of, or oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now let me close with this. This will help you. People say, you know, well, Pastor, when it comes to healing, when it comes to healing, it's very difficult to receive. It just seems like that you have to fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. And then maybe somehow, someway, you know, you might get a little relief. Having hands laid on you in a line or something like that. But in reality, that's your mind fighting against what's on the inside of your heart or your spirit. You have to put in a lot of effort to being sick. Has anybody ever been sick? Did you know that takes a lot of energy? And it takes a lot of effort to be sick. To go to the doctor, to, to go to appointments, to go to the pharmacy and get prescriptions, to take treatments. There's a lot of effort in that. Now, remember this. Never ever say it's hard to get healed. Because by your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. That's just like people. We've dealt with several people here in the past couple of weeks since fall harvest that are, their statement is this, it's just hard to serve God. It's just, you know, people that have gotten saved and God delivered and, and God, you know, brought them out of a lifestyle of hell. And then they say this, you know, it's just really, you make it sound too easy, but really, in reality, it's really just hard to serve God. Well, that is not true. That's not true. That's a lie. You've got to be so careful what you continually say about yourself when it comes to the subject of healing. If you continually say about yourself, it's hard for me to understand. It's hard for me to get it. It's hard for me to feel better. It just seems like I'm putting in a lot of effort and getting no results. Now, if you talk that way, that means you believe that way. You say, well, if I were to say something else, I'd be lying. No, you wouldn't. To agree with the Word of God is not to lie. To agree with the Word of God is the truth. Jesus said, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Change your confession about healing. Change what you say about healing. First of all, start saying, I believe in it. 
I don't care what grandma said or grandpa or what anybody else says. Start saying, I believe in the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved me enough to redeem my spirit from the sin nature. He loved me enough to redeem my soul from the twisted mind that I have. And he loved me enough to take stripes on his back so that I might be healed. I believe in healing. Everybody say, I believe in healing. Then start saying, it's easy to get healed. Say it again. Say it one more time. And then begin begin to say, it's hard to get sick. Amen. Now see, that's just the opposite of what the world says. The world says, well, if, we, if all Roberts was around or if I could get to a Benny Hinn crusader, if this or Catherine Kuhlman was still around, or this, no, no, no. It's easy to get healed. It's hard to be sick. You are the redeemed of the Lord. And the Bible said, what? Let the redeemed of the Lord? There you go, right there. Talk your redemption. Remember what we said about redemption? It is a new language. Some of you need to learn the language of redemption. Once you learn the language of redemption, you don't talk sickness, you don't talk disease, you don't talk poverty, lack, depression, you don't talk bondage, you talk blessing, you talk deliverance, you talk healing, you talk it's easy to receive from the Lord. Why, we just lay hands and receive. We just lay hands. And I made a decision a long time ago. If I'm facing a challenge of symptoms trying to attach themselves to my body, it's easy to get healed. Now, that doesn't mean I hadn't fought some battles. I've told you all the testimonies of some of the battles I've fought. The ones where I had to go to the doctor. The ones where I had to stand where God said, go, don't go to the doctor. You stand on the word. Those were, those were fights of faith. But they're good fights, amen. Some of them took months, but I stood. My body said, you're sick. My, 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 my mind said, you're sick. Uh, the the uh, uh, condition of my body deteriorated. It got worse and worse. But I kept standing, kept believing, kept confessing, kept rejoicing. And just like you turn on a light, boom, just like that. From one night to the next morning, every symptom left my body, and I was totally healed and whole, and been whole of that ever since. That's been from way back in the nights. Back problem, throat problem that I had, fighting, battling malaria, all of these different things. You've got to find out, okay, Lord, how is it? How do you, how do you want this to happen? How do you want do you, does the pastor need to lay hands on me? Do I need to go to the elders, be anointed with oil? Is there some doctor visits I need to make? Let me tell you a testimony real quick. I was listening to uh, uh, some teaching the other day, and, and this certain individual was healed of cancer and had this mighty manifestation in which the doctor said, you know, you're going to die in a few weeks, and God healed them. They were totally healed of cancer. But then a few months later, they began to have some symptoms, and, and they were just basically because they didn't go uh, to the doctor that time, or they did go to the doctor and get a diagnosis, but didn't go for any treatment and were healed of cancer, then they kind of got this, kind of this, this, didn't want to go to a doctor, didn't want to didn't have anything to do with medicine. And as they were praying, uh, they, their body was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And the Lord spoke to this individual and said, said you're not going to let me heal you, are you? So they were praying, seeking God for healing. said, you're not going to let me heal you, are you? And, and this individual said, I am. I, I, what do you mean, Lord? I am going to let you heal me. And he says, then you need to do what I'm telling you to do. Go to the doctor. Well, he went to the doctor, took an x-ray, huge mass in their abdomen. Huge mass, scheduled for immediate surgery. So they prayed, believed God. Said, Lord, we're believing you for healing. Right up until the time surgery happened. You know what happened? You know what happened? They did the surgery. Took the knife, opened them up, looked at their admin, couldn't find nothing. Nothing was there. Nothing was there. 
They've got this document. They've got the x-ray with the mask. They've got the x-ray without the mask. Nothing was there. They, God just was saying, you need to trust me. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I want everybody to know that I've healed you. And this is going to prove that I've healed you. Amen. Amen. So you've got to be willing to do what? Seek the will. I know it's the will of God for me to be healed. I know it's the will of God for me to be healed. I know it's the will of God. Now, Lord, how does this healing take place? I'm going to stand on the Word. I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to confess the Word. Is it hands being laid? Am I, is somebody going to call me out with a word of knowledge? That happened to me with my throat. I had suffered. I'd been preaching a lot, uh, up to 35 times in a week. That's a lot of preaching. My throat was just tore up for many years. And I was called out, man, called me out, said, come up here. Laid hands on me. Never had problems with my throat after that. Well, that was one way. Another time, another time I'd been in a revival meeting. Had a glorious meeting. Many people healed in this meeting. Came home, had a pain in my side. Woke up and said, man, that hurts. That pain hurts. I said, Father, I thank you. I believe I receive healing in Jesus' name. I rebuke this pain in Jesus' name and stand upon my healing. Just thank you, Father, for it. About five minutes later, a voice spoke to me and said, you have appendicitis, go to the doctor. I said, devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I don't receive appendicitis. I'm not going to have it in Jesus' name. And I was a little bit, a little bit more pain. I'm not going to have it in Jesus' name. About an hour after that, I was standing in my, in my den, and man, I was hurting. And a voice said to me, you've got appendicitis. Go to the doctor. And I said, you lying devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I do not receive appendicitis in Jesus' name. Thank you for my healing, Lord, doing everything I know to do. At lunchtime, this has been going on about three hours, at lunchtime, I'm doubled over on the bed. A voice spoke to me and said, you've got appendicitis, go to the doctor. I said, yes, Lord, I'm on my way. They're wheeling me into the emergency room, wheeling me into emergency surgery. I told the doctor, I said, I'm going to pray. He said, I don't believe in prayer. I said, I'm not doing it for your benefit. I'm the one going under the knife, Amen. Well, thank God that didn't happen to me in some third world country because at that time we were doing a lot of traveling. and doing. He said, why did God choose that? I don't know, but thank God I don't have appendicitis no more. I ain't got an appendix no more, amen? I'll never have to sweat that one again. But that just shows you you've got to find the path of healing for your life. And in that path, there will be God's supernatural provision. Amen? Praise the Lord. You love the Lord tonight? Well, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Father, thank you for your healing power. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411. 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.